Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, man, it's so good to see you today. You look great today. Just look really good. Well, today we're kicking off a brand new series called I Will. Now, what I found out in life is that, that those two words have a way of changing your life and my life for good or bad. Matter of fact, I'll tell you a little bit about my history. You know, when I was a student in school and my teacher would ask me to do an assignment and uh, there were times that I said, I will. I did those assignments. You know what? It felt good. I got rewarded. It was great. But there was other times that I got to tell you the truth is that my teacher asked me to do some assignments and I, inside, I didn't say it to him or her, but I said, ah, I don't do that. And I can tell you that that reflected on a progress report. And I want to tell you that reflection impacted me severely. Because my mother understood this. She said, you know what? In order to get to your ear, sometimes I have to go through your rear. And so, uh, so I got uh, corrected. But I will, those two words, I will. Matter of fact, let's just say them together. You ready? Come on. I will. One more time. Let's do it again. You ready? I will. Those two words can change your life. Matter of fact, uh, I stood before a congregation about your size. 28 years ago, I looked this beautiful young lady in the eyes. And the pastor asked me, he says, will you take her, love her, protect her, give her everything she wants, and clean the house? And I didn't know what he was saying when he was saying all that stuff. But I said, I will. The things I didn't even know, I will. You know what I'm saying? And it's been great. You know, Rhonda and I have been married 28 years. So I will have, it's the power, you know, that you can, that can change your life. And I want to tell you something. When you say I will to God, He begins to change your story. Did you hear that? When you say I will to God, He begins to change your story. And this morning we're beginning uh, this series, and I've called this first uh, message in this ser- series, Willing to Believe. Because we're going to talk about stories. And today, I hope that you'll buckle up because it's going to be a great day. As I begin to tell you about this, I want you to know there's there's something I want you to get from this I Will series. When I say I will over this next uh, couple weeks, now next week's Valentine's Day, all right? So so next week we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well in the series. But when I say I will, what I want you to do is I want you to grow, sow, and go. That's what I want you to do through this series. I want to help you do that. We start off with a, a, a story about a guy by the name of Elijah in the Scripture. He was a prophet of God. 
Elijah was a guy that uh, God had given special favor to and power to. As a matter of fact, Elijah was in a, a series to where uh, these evil people were just doing evil all over. And so he asked God to, to punish them. He said, God, I want to pray. I want you to close up the heaven. I don't want it to rain for three years. And so God answered that prayer, but God said, okay, my plan for you is that you're going to go by this brook and you're going to live right here by this little creek and then, you know, you're going to have plenty of water and then God sent birds to bring food to Elijah every day. But one day, the brook dried up and Elijah is asking, God, what, what's going on here? You know, you're supposed to be providing me and the brook dried up. And so many of you sitting in life right now that God was blessing you and all of a sudden it seems like the brook is dried up. And so God told Elijah, said, I want you to go to this community called Zarephath, and there's going to be a widow there, and she's going to feed you. She's going to provide food for you. And so Elijah enters into the, as he's walking in, now I want you to picture this with me, and in the Middle East, sort of in the desert, and he's walking in his little community, and he sees this lady picking up sticks for firewood to prepare a meal. Now, what I want to say is I want to stop right here because I want to give you the first point, then we're going to go right on with this story. So the first thing I want you to know, to be willing to believe, I must, would you write this down? Number one, be honest about my circumstances. To be willing to believe, I must be honest about my circumstances. And that is exactly what this lady was about to do. As Elijah's walking in now, you can picture this lady who's a widow, and she has... Oh, only one child, it's a son. And Elijah's beginning to say, okay, listen, God has told me you're supposed to provide food for me. And look what she says. In 1 Kings 17 and 12, it says, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make me... And make a meal for myself and my son. Would you read this last part that's underlined together? Because this sort of says how we feel sometimes. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. That we may eat it and, and die. So you can tell that this lady was distraught. And all of a sudden, God is asking her to do something that she feels like she doesn't have the means to do. And by that doing that, she begins a story. Her story changes. She has an encounter with God. Before I go any further, I want to tell you this, that before you can ever get better, is that you have to admit that you have a situation that is out of your control. And that, listen, until you admit you have a problem, God can't even help you. You understand that? Until you admit, I have a problem, then God can't even help you. No one can help you until you admit it, that you have a problem. Only God, God can't help you until you admit it. And I would say this today, if you're praying about a situation in your life that you could do something about, quit praying about it and do something about it. Let me say that again, I went a little fast there, okay? If you're praying about a situation in your life that you could do something to fix it, but you're not doing that, stop praying and start doing something to fix it. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Because I want to tell you something, too many people are praying about a, a problem that they can fix. And listen, when you got a problem that, that you can fix, like if, if you're struggling in your marriage and you got an anger problem, you know what? Go to a counselor and get that straightened out. Quit praying and go to see, see a counselor. Because here's what I want you to know, is that when you got a problem, when you got a problem that you can fix, that's no longer a God problem, that's a you problem and a me problem. We have to deal with that. 
So I just want to share that with you today. That you want to admit you have a problem because until you admit you've got a problem, God can't help you with that problem. And so that takes us to the second thing I would like to share with you today is this. Number two. Oh, can I say this before I go to number two? Now, many of you sitting here today are followers of Christ. But some of you sitting in this room are not. I want to tell you, you have a situation that you can't fix, and that is yourself. Listen, would you just take these words from me as a person who loves you? I want to tell you, I've watched person after person try to fix their self, and they just can't do it. They keep making a mess of themselves. And I meet many people who say, you know what? Well, when I stop doing this, then I'm going to talk to God, and I'm going to, I'm going to get this straight now. No, 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 no. If you had the power to straighten yourself out, you wouldn't be in the mess you're in. So today, I want to challenge you to move from where you are to the step of faith and ask Jesus to come into your life and save you, that you can start living on His power, and then Him help you get better. See, I messed up all by myself. But it's every, all the good in you, you see in me, anything good you see in me is the God in me. Okay? Without God, I'm a mess. I'm a flat-out jerk. Matter of fact, I struggle with that anyways. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, I struggle not saying, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, the wrong way, and I come across strong sometimes. And just think if God wasn't in me. That's why if I ever go to the hospital, don't come and see me. I'll tell you why. They put medicine in me, I don't know what I might say. Because I know, you, you know, you never, what goes through my mind and what comes out of my mouth has a filter. And if they put drugs in me and takes that filter out, I don't know what I would say. Please, go through Rhonda before, all right? So today, if you, want to, if you want to step across that line, there's a prayer in our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. Listen, I know that sounds simple, but I'm telling you, it's right there. It helps you launch into that your faith. If you believe that, then you, your life can be changed today. And I ask you just to pray it. It's in your program. and Just check it on the back of your connection card. That's all I ask you to do so that I can pray for you. Okay, number two. To be willing to, be, to believe, I must, number two, combat my fear with voices of faith. I'll let you write that down. Jumping back into our story... She's just told him, I have nothing. You're asking me for something. I have nothing. I have, well, she says, I have a little something. I have just one little meal to make. I'm going to make this meal, and then I'm going to die. That's, my son and I are going to die. It's over. You don't know what you're asking of me. And notice what Elijah says to her. Elijah said, do not be what? Come on, let's read that line together. You ready? Come on. Don't be Let's say it one more time. You ready? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because every time that God begins to ask you to do something, there's always going to be a voice in your head to tell you a thousand reasons why you can't do it. And then if you don't have those voices in yourself, surely the devil will make sure that somebody comes by and tells you that you're not smart enough, you're not bright enough, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough education, you don't have enough of this, that, and the other. So somebody's going to come and tell you that. And so the first thing that you have to face is fear whenever you're, you're getting ready to, that God is asking you to do something that you feel like you cannot do. Because listen, if you could do it, you wouldn't need God to do it, right? If the woman already had plenty of flour and plenty of oil, it wouldn't be a miracle. We wouldn't even be talking about it today. Her story would not even be told today. We wouldn't have this chair because she wouldn't be telling her story. He goes on to say this. 
He said, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, what did she say she was going to do? She said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to make myself and my son something. We're going to die. He said, okay, go home and do what you said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have, have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. Now notice this next part. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. He said, see what I'm saying? She was looking at an impossible situation, but God says, I know that you think you're going to use your last little bit, but as long as you're using it for my work, then you're never going to run dry. This is what I would say to you. When you start believing, when you start expressing faith and believing God, fear raises its ugly head, right? And fear comes in and you have to cut off your voice because sometimes you talk yourself into a, a tizzy. Okay? If you don't know what a tizzy is, neither do I, but I've heard it all my life and it means be worked up. Okay? I have no idea. So hopefully it doesn't mean something bad. All right? Usually I say those words and somebody will come to me after and say, do you know what that means? No, I don't. Means being worked up. So, anyways, so you know when you talk yourself into it, and that's what begins to happen as soon as God challenges you. So, this is what I want to challenge you today: is that you want to meet those voices of fear with voices of faith. And look what Elijah said: I know what the natural says that you don't have this, but God says my word on His word. What His word said is that I'm going to provide for you what you cannot see, and I'm going to do it in a way that you don't know how. If you can figure it out, you don't need faith, you don't need God. We need, you need to be challenged with a supernatural situation that you have to trust God because once you have one of those and you see God, then you're going to know He's alive. If God met every need that you said immediately, you'd never know He's alive. It's when you trust Him for what you cannot do that you find out He's real because He comes through. So every, it's a story. So this lady had a story. Today I'd like to walk you through a little history of our church with some stories of our own in the 21st century. Back uh, years ago, our church started in 1979, and uh, it built this little piece of it built on this little piece of property in the mid 80s in Forest Park, Georgia. And you'll see the picture coming up. Some of you have seen this. It was that little building that God began to we begin to understand that every seat in our church would tell a story before I ever arrived. There's a young man there that was a teenager at the time, and he had given his life to Christ, and someone reached out to him from that church, and he come to that little church, and he began to grow in his faith. He began to find hope for life. And it was through that process that, you know, in 1988, that he, he'd come to that church, and that church, our church embraced him. You know, I wasn't even a part of it, but it embraced him, began to grow. Then he, began, then he, he met this young lady. And he invited her to church. And then in about 1991, she started coming with him. And they, you know, they come and that, that church loved him. It was really small, but they loved him. And, and they said, we need to make sure we have a seat for them. They built this building to make sure they had a seat because every seat would tell a story. And in 1994, Jeff Benton asked Angie to marry him. And Jeff and Angie Benton got married. And here's their picture coming up, if you don't know who they are. Jeff and Angie Benton have served this church over 25 years. They've been, Jeff has been, deacon, uh, been a deacon here. Angie has uh, served as my personal assistant for over 10 years. She still works here in another department. 
And I just want to tell you that, that back then, God knew that, that the seats would make a difference, that every seat tells a story. And so their life was forever changed because of a, ch a church that loved them. I'd like to tell you another story. We moved from there. By that time, 1995, Rhonda and I had come, and we pastored that great church. We moved our church to another location. It was in Rex, Georgia, off Stagecoach Road. You can show the picture. And as we did that, uh, you know, God sent more people to our church, and because we made room for more people to come, we had more seats. But I want to tell you, this story is a little unique. There was a little bratty teenager running around there. Uh, some of you may know, we can show the picture, uh, of this young man. He was running around our church in about the sixth grade. And many people thought, you know, what did this, this little guy, will he ever amount to anything? But because we, every seat tells a story, I just want to tell you, moms and dads, this is, a, this is hope for you, okay? Is that when this little guy was running around there, he was to Mr. Cool, you know, and you couldn't tell him a whole lot. He was just a teenager, like many of us have been through and have teenagers. And so, but, but our church embraced this guy. We loved this guy, you know, and that we made sure that there was a seat for him. And I just want you to know that this seat told a story with this young guy because this young guy grew up and now he is your connections pastor, Chris Woodson. That's him. You see, you reap what you sow. Hallelujah, right? Praise God, we, we put up with you, and now we, you grew up, now we want to reap the good fruit. <laughs> and so I'm just telling you, that every seed tells a story. You never know what, your, what a seed in a church story has to tell. We moved from that location, and while we were building this uh, building, we moved into the Stockbridge Middle School. As we moved into Stockbridge Middle School, again, why did we move? We moved to make more room so we could have more seats so that God could build more stories. Every seat tells a story. And as we moved into the school, God began to do some things. Even among all the stuff that was going on with construction and all this stuff, and we were in and out of that school, and it was a very difficult time. And I met a guy there. His, his name was Todd Bishop. This is Todd's picture. Todd was a guy that has probably forever changed my life. I met him. Todd come to the church, you know, a couple months. He gave his life to Jesus Christ right there in a cafeteria. I mean, I, we didn't have a nice facility. We didn't have nice sound and nice lighting and the band and all the stuff that you have now. We were in a cafeteria to where just a couple days before that, kids were throwing food, you know, and a lot of people left stuff into the bathrooms that we had to deal with when we got there. It was bad. But right in the middle of all that bad stuff, Todd came and gave his life to Jesus. I never will forget a conversation that we had before he left on a Sunday. He said, Jeff, we were talking about, you know, this building. He said, Jeff, I know that you've talked about us needing to reach out to other people. And I want you to know, I got four people that I'm going to get. And I said, Todd, man, it just made me feel so great to hear that, have that conversation, know that this guy had gotten our vision. The next Monday morning, I received a call. Todd had passed away. He had a massive heart attack at 40 years old. It changed my life forever. From that point on, I never, ever, ever 
took for granted any seat. Because God used our church to tell a story. An eternal story. And that was that God knew that, that Todd was going to be going and transitioning to heaven in eternity. And God sent him right through our church, right in the middle of that, that we were willing to take the step of faith to go out to the school to make more room so that we could have more seats. And Todd filled one of those seats. And Todd received Jesus. And today, Todd is in heaven because our church was willing to take a step of faith and expand and make more room for more. And I want you to know that after Todd's funeral, the turn of events, Todd's mom and dad, Jerry and Bernice Bishop, are with us today. They attended this church for years, and they've actually moved down on the lake now, on Coney. Sister Kay and Kathy attended. You see, every seat tells a story. We moved into this building, 2003. When we got here, you know, there was a young there was a couple that come. They weren't really so young, but they were coming. They had adopted this kid. She was in her fifties. He was uh, in his sixties, and and they had adopted this kid. And and his he was a real feisty young man. And uh, you know, he's about in the fourth grade. And so he started, you know, in our kids' area, in our kids' place. He's, he started there. He sat in one of those seats in there, and then he sat in the seats in one of our youth uh, in our youth group, and he grew up here. But about the time he was in middle school, his mother passed away. And there at a time when, when life was so toxy-turvy and when, you know, when that happens, statistics tell you when you suffer a tragedy, here he had been adopted already and then the woman that loved him to death had died. Now what was going to happen? God had a plan. And God knew that Stockbridge Community Church would be a place to where that young man could come and find a seat. And he would begin to develop his story. And his story began to grow is that he didn't turn to drugs. He didn't turn to alcohol. He didn't get strung out. No, he stayed here among this body. And you, this church, loved him and nurtured him. And he grew up. And guess what? He graduated high school. He went to Bible college. And now he's a preacher of the gospel. He's a children's pastor in Kentucky because you made a way. Every seat tells a story. It tells a story. Can you give yourself a hand? Right now, you're sitting in a seat. And that seat is telling a story. Because your story's not done. I could go right now, I could walk right through this congregation right now and point out to people across this congregation right now to tell you about their story, how it's developing, how God is changing their life, how they're growing, how this is happening in their life. And right now, your seat is telling a story. And so at SEC... We've determined that we will do whatever it takes to make sure there's plenty of room for people to tell a story. For, for God to use us to reach people that, that they can have their story told. And so I'm glad to, to tell you something exciting is happening here at SEC. In a time when a lot of churches are closing their doors, closing down, God has smiled on us. Because we've allowed every seat to tell a story. And we're about to enter into a, a, a building program here. We're about, to, we're about to kick the walls out of this sanctuary. 
we're about to kick this back wall out. We're about to kick the other wall out behind us back there. And we're about to do some amazing things with our kids' area. We're about to do some amazing things to add more seats in here and to our children's area. We're about to, we're about to go all out for God in the vision that God gave us when we was that little church in 1995, how that He would begin to expand our territory. I'm telling you, it's about to come to pass. And we are going to make more rooms. Why? Because every seat tells a story. And we've always been the church that's been willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that you and your story could be told. So before you leave today, I, I want you to go by in the cafe and there's a set of blueprints on the wall out there that you can see all the areas of where we're going to be expanding to. And I'm very excited about that. Okay, let me tell you, number three, to be willing to believe, I must, number three, say, I will to whatever God is asking me to do, and do it. Say I will to whatever God's asking me to do, and do it. Going back into our story, now remember, the lady is, Elijah said, now I want you to go make me some bread first, and God says he's going to provide for you. And look what happens. 1 Kings 17 and 15. She went away and what? Let's say that word together, ready? She went away and what? Did, did. Notice in the action, she did... She did as Elijah had told her. So there was food, how long? Every day. There was food, how long? Every day. Remember, listen, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before she, before she went into the house, before she made any cake, before she made any bread, she said, I just got a handful of flour, and I just got a little bit of oil in a jar. It's enough for me and my son to eat. We're going to eat this. We're going to eat it and die. It's our last meal. There's no food around. It's over. And, and, and the man of God said, no, you're going to make some for me first. You're going to provide for the work of God. And when you provide for the work of God, God's going to provide for you. And every day she went in there, and she went to get a little handful of meal. And she got a handful out. She got the oil out. She made enough. And it was empty, but when she went back, there was more flour there. There was more oil there. Why? Because God's word is true no matter what the circumstance is. God is bigger than your circumstance. If you need a divine miracle, God can give it. Amen? He can give it. He can give it. Food every day. And Elijah, for Elijah and for the woman and her family, there was food every day. You know, what, you know what that says? Here's what it says. Watch this. When you provide for the work of God, God provides for you. Did you hear that? When you provide for the work of God, God provides for you. Now, watch this. I want to tell you. See, she didn't realize by doing something for the, for the work of God, she was actually doing something for herself and her son. Because he said, okay, you go ahead and make something for you, but first you make some for me. And I guarantee she grabbed that little meal out, she threw it in the pan, she got that flour, threw it in the pan, said, okay, I guess I'm going to give him our, our last meal was yesterday. Now here's our... And so he, she made that, and when she opened up the flour uh, compartment again, there was more flour and there was more oil. And she made it, okay, well, I'll make my son something. She emptied it out again, and she made it again. And, and there it is. She made him something. She said, okay, I'll just starve to death. And she looked back over. There was more flour and more oil. You see, when you do for the work of God, God does for you. You're doing for yourself when you bless the kingdom of God because God will bless you. And that's the story that she was telling and that we're learning of. You see, when you provide for the work of God, God does a miracle for you. When you sacrifice 
when she sacrificed and she gave up what she had, God showed up for her. Did you hear that? When you sacrifice and you give up what you have for the work of God, God shows up for you. That's the story of my life. And that's the story of many of your lives sitting here today. I want to show you a video about what we're about to do here at our church. Would you just watch this? I'm really excited about the expansion of the church because it'll bring more people in. Uh, we are at a time that we need Christians to come together. We need places to hold them, of course. Uh, the whole time I've been here, as far as the church goes, just very nice people and you know, just an outstanding crew as far as from the children to the parking lot, to the prayer partners, to the, the, the band, uh, to everyone, everyone he's chosen to preach. There's people out there that need to hear that. And um, I'm excited to be a part of any kind of growth with this church. I think the future is our children. And I think it's really important to expand that and to, you know, reach out to um, different schools. I believe that God blesses the giver. And I also believe that when you give, it just you feel so good about yourself. I mean, I know I do. And I'm sure everyone else that does, does too. Um, it's just um, pray about it and the Lord will provide for you. And He'll give it to you. And He'll just change your life in ways that you can't even imagine. When we all say, I will, here's what's going to happen. Our building's never been handicap accessible. Our seniors have had to struggle to climb stairs every time we get ready to do an event. Well, we're fixing that problem, is that we're putting in an elevator so that if there's a chi one child that comes to this church that cannot uh, walk, that should not be a reason for them not to be able to be involved. And so we're, gonna, we're making it handicap accessible where small children can be a part of our kids' service even if they're in a wheelchair, but also our senior adults is that there will be no more climbing stairs. There's an elevator if they need to go upstairs, but also putting our fellowship wing on the, on the first level will change all of that. Of course, we're gonna expand our sanctuary. There'll be more seats in our sanctuary, but also our children's area will be expanded as well. We're gonna have the state-of-the-art children's area. We're gonna walk into the 21st century uh, with our children electronically as well. We'll have different places for our kids to check in, it's going to be an exciting time. We're so excited about what's going to happen. And of course, you know, if you've tried to maneuver around here on Sunday morning, how crowded our hallways are, how congested they are. So we'll have a, a, a giant euphoria and hallways and corridors that will be much easier to, to get around in. We're going to have a fellowship area, an area in the back of our church where that we, after we're, if we have weddings, we have wedding receptions, also, we have, if there's funerals, that we can have meal for, meals for families back there, uh, small weddings. Uh, and it's going to be a place where our students also can have their service uninterrupted. They can, they can jam as loud as they want to. It'll be awesome. It's going to be an awesome place. And I'm excited that you're on the journey with us. As you can see, it's very exciting time to be around SEC. Now, what I want you to do is take out inside of your program, there's a card called an I Will card. I want everybody to take that out because I want you to get familiar with this card. I want to tell you about it, everyone here. As you take this card out, 
what I'm going to be asking you to do is I'm going to ask you to join in with me in becoming like this woman in the Bible, that you may experience a 21st century miracle. I'm going to ask you over the next two years to, uh, to make a commitment, a financial commitment over what your regular giving is. You're going to make a commitment over what you're already given to go toward this project. Over the next two years, we're going to raise over $1.5 million to, to make this expansion, and it is going to be to the glory of God. We're going to see things like we've never seen before happen. And what I'm most excited about is this, is that with this, as you make this commitment, I'm excited about the miracles. I'm going to hear you talk about how God has done things in your life as you say, okay, God, I'm going to give you this. I don't have but a little, but I'm going to give it to you and watch what God is going to do. And it's exciting. So what I want you to do, I want you to, this card, I don't want you to fill it out now. I want you to take it home. I want you to pray over this card. And I want you to ask God, God, what would you have me to commit to over my regular giving for the next uh, 24 months or two years? And I want to tell you this. Look at me just a second. There will be no one that will sacrifice as much as Rhonda and I. No one. You know Why? Because every seat matters. This is what I want to tell you. You know, I have a son that's lost. And I've been praying for him for a long time. And as I've prayed, you know, I've asked God to bring him home, save him. And I want to tell you something that I know God's going to honor that. And so, I, because I know that I'm willing, just as I have in the past, I was providing for, your, for you, when you, the reason you're able to sit in these seats today is because me and other people gave so that you could sit here. And so I'm going to give again, and I'm going to give in a sacrificial way because I'm believing that as I provide seats for, for your family members and for your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers, as I do that, I'm believing that God's going to hear my prayer and He's going to send my son back and I believe that my son is going to... I believe he's going to stand here on the stage one day and he's going to tell you his story. I'm believing that until the day I die. So that's why I'm going to sow sacrificially because I believe that when I provide for the work of God that God's going to provide for my family. Do you hear that? I believe that. So this seed is personal to me. Because every week when people walk in those doors, I'm looking for one person. And I'm telling you, the day that he shows up, we will never have a time where he says, well, I come, but I didn't have a seat. No, we will provide seats. Your children, we will have a place for them. Your grandchildren, we'll have a place for them, whether it be in our nurseries or whether it be in our, our, our kids' place or our preschool or our student area. We will keep doing whatever. Listen, we refuse to be a church that just says, we're not going to do anything else and we're going to die. If we don't keep doing something else to expand, our children will lose out. They will be the losers. I want to tell you, when my time's over here, I want to hand this off to a strong generation of believers that can keep the work of God going. So I'm telling you, when I look at you, I see you and I see your children as well. So we will do whatever it takes. We will sacrifice whatever it takes to make sure that our church lives and it does not die. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand for that. So I'm asking you, take this card home, pray over it. 
And in five weeks, I'm going to ask you to bring it back. On March the 6th, we're going to make a pledge. And we're going to trust God that He's going to show up in our lives. And we're going to see the glory of God happen, just like it has happened all the other moves that we've made. Okay, so there's one thing I want you to check on your connection card. And that is this. I want you to check this box that says this. I will spend time praying over the I will commitment card. That's all I want to ask you to do is spend time praying over it and let God speak to you. Some of you are saying right now, well, I could give this much. No, you don't know until you talk to God because God wants to stretch your faith and He wants to show up in your life. Big faith, you see a big God. Okay, that takes us to number four. Number four is this, to be willing to believe I must trust God's Word before I see God's hand. This is exactly what this lady got into. He said, you got to do this first. Go make me something. I don't have anything. Go make me, go give what you have. And when she gave what she had, God showed up. Look what it says. For the jar, jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of who? Word of the Lord. Keeping with the word of the Lord. Has spoken by Elijah. I want to talk to you just a second. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray for you. Some of you are sitting here today and you say, Pastor Jeff, if you looked at my situation, I feel like a chess match. And I feel like that I'm, I am checkmated, that I am surrounded. I have no other moves. I feel like I have no other move. I'm on the chessboard and I have no other move. Look at me, look at me. I have no other move. You, you feel surrounded. But I was, this is what I want to tell you. When you, have, when you don't have another move, I want to tell you, I want to look in the eye and tell you this, when you don't have another move, it's not your move. It's God's move. And some of you sitting here today, you have no more move. You can't make another move. I'm telling you, it's not your time to move. It's God's time to move. And that's what you believe. This week, I'm going to do something I never do, but I feel impressed that the Lord wanted me to do this this week. As I was praying for you this week, God put in my heart that there was people in this room that had been praying for things that have not happened yet. And this is what I feel like today. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment, but I'm going to, if you're willing in just a moment, if that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment that a miracle is going to happen for you this week. Either God's going to do something in you are for you this week. In other words, He's either going to do something to give you the strength to get through whatever you're going through, because some things you just got to go through, or either He's going to do something for you like you did not believe. It's going to be a miracle, and, and you're just going to tell everybody about what happened. It was God, and you know it. So here's what I want to ask you. Today, if you've been praying for something and it has not happened yet, and you would like for me to pray for you, all I'm going to ask you to do is just stand right now. You can just stand up right now. Are you ready to receive it? Those of you that say, are you ready for your miracle? You just took a step of faith. You just stood up right here in front of all these people. And I'm telling you that God's going to do something for you this week. So if you're ready to receive it, I'm going to pray. And you expect, all right? Only thing I ask you now, if anybody else wants to stand up before I pray, because I'm fixing to pray and God's going to do some miracles. This week, I believe He's, going to do, he's either going to do something in you or for you. 
Anybody else? Are you ready? Open up your hearts. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in the name of your Son, Jesus. I believe, God, that today is a day that you marked in, in time a long time ago. Today is a day that these people that are standing are saying, I'm willing to believe the impossible. I'm willing to believe that you can do what you say you can do. And God, they've been praying prayers that have not been answered yet. And Lord, I believe that this week you are going to answer that prayer. So I pray, Father, that right now in the name of Jesus, that you, Lord, would set charge the angels of heaven. And God, whatever has been hindering that prayer, I pray that you remove it, oh Lord. I pray today, God, that you begin to move in marriages. I pray, oh God, that you begin to move in the financial world, that things would come their way. I pray, oh God, about that job that you've been praying about, Lord, that they've been praying about. I pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, that you are going to begin to mend hearts, those that are struggling with addictions right now, those that are struggling with financial crisis right now, those that are struggling with children right now and those that are struggling with parents God right now in the name of Jesus I declare a miracle of Almighty God and I ask you in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit that you would sweep across this room you would encourage hearts and this week oh God that you do a miracle in them or God you do it for them we're expecting Lord this week to see the gates open up oh God the floodgates of heaven we're expecting our God to show up Lord we're not looking for somebody else we're looking looking to you. Our eyes are on you and on you only. And today we say that we believe, we trust, and we stretch our faith. Right now, let it be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Look at me just a second. And you know what your job is to do right now? Your job is from this day forward, this week, you begin to look for something to happen. Either in you, you're going to feel a change in you. Your spirit's going to change inside of you or for you. So either you're going to feel something inside of you or either something's going to happen for you this week. And when it happens, you just got to tell us. You just got to let somebody know that God done this. And I want you to write on your connection card next week what God done for you. Amen. Would the rest of you stand with us now as we sing our closing song? Amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord together. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior, Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net.
Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.secview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.